The Chris Sheeran Show, only on YesNetwork.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Chris Sheeran Show here on YesNetwork.com and the iTunes podcast. You could uh, download it for free uh, at iTunes, um, your iTunes app on your smart device. And you're very smart if you get this podcast. It's Lou DiPietro. And it's yours truly, and we're back for some more chicanery and hijinks and hilarity here on the podcast. And it all centers around the world of sports. And since, you know, I just saw this before we came up here, somebody on Twitter, I guess in defense of Alex Rodriguez not making the all-star team, said he has the highest exit velocity on his home runs in the majors. Who decided exit velocity was a good idea? I, I, I'm just throwing it and out. And who cares what it looks like on a home run? Whether If it goes over the fence. It's pretty much a home run either way. If it's a 400-foot pop fly or a, or a, a seed, and what is it's it, still a home run. And what does it immediately bring to mind? What scene from what movie? Too, too high. Too high. What do you mean it's too high? Too, too, too hard. hard. Who gives? It's gone. It's gone. Exactly. Can we? Look, I get. Seriously, I'm not a proponent. I, I don't like all the sabermetric nonsense that's out there and how some teams, you know, just judge their entire existence on that. And that's how they build their team. I, I can't say it doesn't work. I mean, look at how many titles the A's have in the last decade. It works. <clears throat> Hello. <laughs> Is this thing on? Now, I'm not sitting here poo-pooing it. Numbers don't lie. I get it. And, and, and you, you can put together a lineup that can compete. The A's have done that repeatedly over the last decade, <clears throat> if not more. Yep. Since 2000. I mean, they've been relevant. They've had some off-seasons here and there, but they've been relevant for the most part using Moneyball and, and, doing, and building their team around that facet. But my whole thing is – and. Somebody said something about Rob Refsnyder, and this is what got me all agitated again. Marcus Semyon of the A's committed his 27th error last night. Seems like so much more. 27 Yeah, he's not errors. good. He's not good defensively at shortstop. 27? Yeah. Is that something you want on a money ball team? Someone who makes 27 errors at shortstop in well, the middle of your infield? He's cheap. He's cheap, but you're supposed to have good defense. Isn't that part of the old, you know, the whole Yale Pythagorean theorem of, of Moneyball baseball? Maybe we can swap him Chase Headley. Talk about good defense. I, look, you know, I sound like a parrot. I, I just, I, I, I don't know why the Yankees are still fudging with Stephen Drew and they keep yo-yoing Perella back and forth. <clears throat> To play second base. Give this kid a shot. He could hit. They need a right-handed bat in the lineup, and he could hit. Somebody somebody posted something on Twitter last night, and uh, A.J. Herman, our social media guru du jour, yes. uh, sent it to us as like, a, this guy's a little over the edge. And it said, uh, I think I'm past wanting Steven Drew dropped from the Yankees and into wanting him in prison for his war crimes. <laughs> That pretty much sums up the state of the Yankees fan base and their thoughts on Stephen Drew. Uh, we've talked about it in the past on this podcast. We've talked about how his numbers are much worse than Brian Roberts were, and Brian Roberts got till July 31st, so... The buzzer says your time is up. All we are saying, everybody... Is give ref a chance. Yeah, I mean, whether it's him or somebody else, and we'll have, you know, we'll have our annual uh, all-star break uh, trade targets pieces coming up on the yesnetwork.com next week during the all-star break. Uh, Middle infield is one of the three segments of the population we've decided to uh, look at for the simple reason that, yes, Stephen Drew is underproducing to many eyes. Yes, Didi Gregorius is kind of there to many eyes. Yes, Jose Perella is not getting much of a chance, and Rob Rapsnyder's got none. And then there's Brendan Ryan somewhere that, in there. That, so. That's my bigger argument. Besides Stephen Drew, because at least he comes with a, you know, the caveat that he's done it before. So they're just they're waiting for him to wake up. It's been a while, okay? He, he, as we mentioned before on this podcast, he had a full spring training. Mm-hmm. You know, now he's mid-July. 
practically. And what's he batting? Still under 200. Yeah, 170-something. I, I don't think have 176. The exact, I don't have the exact number mistaken. in front of me, but I'll look it up. But as far as Perella goes, why is he on the shuttle? And why is Ref Snyder not coming up? Does this smell like anything to you? Like they, they don't want him to come up and make errors and lessen his trade value? I mean, is this a guy that you think they're going to trade? Are they going to package before the deadline? Is it's, that why he hasn't been up here yet? It's very possible. Um, that's a theory that's been passed along by by many, uh, or at least more than one that I've seen. That because he's not an elite prospect per se, he might become part of a package, and maybe they'll go after a second baseman in free agency or or somewhere else. I mean, the Yankees do have a handful of shortstops in the minors who are on their way up, and eventually somebody's going to need to change positions. Just like the Cubs, they have. Castro, Baez, and Russell all are shortstops by trade, playing three different positions in, in, in their lineup at times this season. Steven Drew's hitting 176 in 239 at-bats. He hit 162 in 271 at-bats last year. So combine his games the last two years, he's played 160 games. So that's a full, full season, season, 510 at-bats. He's hitting somewhere in the 170 range. I'm not going to do the math off the top of my head, but and if the excuse, there it is. If the excuse is we need him, we need his defense to prevent runs. How many runs is he really preventing at second base? Uh, let's be honest. Is there a, is there a, a sabermetric on that by any chance that that I that I'm not aware of? There is. It's called VORP or Cookie Crisp or some other 168. Six two seven four five, so one sixty nine. One sixty nine. So this is now almost com- a full season. Ass- two assu- assuming he plays these next two games in the series against the Athletics, we'll even give him through the All Star. He's break. not going to be at two hundred through the All Star break. He'll have played in a season's worth of games or more and hitting one seventy. And this is coming. You know, this is a team, or not the team, I shouldn't say, but media members continue to poo-poo Ref Snyder. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, these are the same media members that got all over Derek Jeter for hitting 270. This guy's batting 176. Derek Jeter would be an offensive upgrade over, minus the home runs, because Steven Drew does have 11 home runs. Derek Jeter would be an offensive upgrade over either of the Yankees' middle infielders right now. And not just Derek Jeter, like Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter 2014 would be an offensive upgrade over either of these guys. Gregorius is hitting 300 since June 24th. Yeah. I'm also hitting 850 since June 24th in softball. <laughs> like pitching to a healthy yeah. Lou Gehrig. Because I'm two for three, because I've played one game. Uh, Just trying to spin the positive. No, there, I mean, buddy. you know, it's... And here we are going back and forth arguing, and this team is in first place. I know. Here's, here's, the, thing about, here's the thing about Stephen Drew that I think really gets under the more knowledgeable segment of Yankees fans, especially skin. Last year has been blamed ad nauseum on he didn't have a full spring training, blah, 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 blah. He did this year, and he's worse. Okay? Because if you figure that a full spring training and full season should have helped him, he's not really doing much better. Um, You ever heard of a guy named Kendris Morales? Yes. Who also had a qualifying offer the same year Stephen Drew did? And then did not sign until the draft because nobody wanted to pay the compensation for signing him. He hit 218 last year with eight homers, 42 RBIs. This year for Kansas City, admittedly a much better lineup than the Twins and Mariners were last year. 282, 345 OBP, 453 slugging, 10 homers, 54 RBIs in 81 games. He hey, certainly didn't seem to have a problem Mark, offensively. Markhead. Improvement. Yeah. He certainly didn't seem to. Uh, yes, the truncated season last year, I'm sure that that would affect anybody uh, outside of maybe Alex Rodriguez, who had a full year off. But the, that truncation of the season and having to get ready so quickly and you know, you're know you not up to speed obviously is going to hurt guys. Now let's go back. Didn't seem to have a problem bouncing back this year, and he's 32 years old with a bad ankle. Since you brought him up, let's go back to Alex really quick. couple things on Alex. Let's Since you said he was coming back. Let's go there first. A lot of people, and Michael brought this up on his show. I just want to get your thoughts because I know how I stand on it. A lot of people are throwing his name in the hat for comeback player of the year. I really don't think you could throw him in the mix for that. He's not coming back from anything. He was suspended 
for a year. That's not yeah. coming back. Well, he's coming back from not being on the field. I get it, but he yeah. wasn't injured. You know, there are other guys, and I forget the uh, Prince Fielder. That's who Michael brought up. Prince Field is coming back from that cervical injury. He's having a hell of a season. That's a comeback. Player well, he's going to win. Yeah, he's likely going to win comeback player of the year, regardless. But no, yeah, I mean that's that's true. Alex, um, Alex is saying all the right things. The charity with the ball, the three hundred, the three thousandth hit. He's doing all the right things this year, and he's having a great season. Yeah. Like people, if they would have saw this at the All Star break, if somebody would have penciled out his numbers at the All Star break. Everyone would have signed for them. And not only, not only that, if he doesn't play a game in the second half and you just take his line as it is now, people would be like, oh, well, A-Red had a pretty good year coming back from all Right, that. right. And he's on pace pretty much to be 30 and 100. Give or take. Give yeah. or take. He might be under 100 RBI. And hitting 280-ish. And hitting 280. And coming back after a year of being suspended, yeah, that's great. But you can't get your collective underwear in a bunch if the guy doesn't win comeback player of the year. And, and that that's just me. It's my opinion. You're, you're allowed to have your opinion. I'm not saying you're not, but that's just my argument to people who say mm-hmm. he should automatically get that award. I would listen more if people arguing that he should be on the all-star team than comeback player of the year. Cause I agree well, that with that was like, my next thing. We do the, you know, we do also do the Yankees awards every quarter. You know, 41 games, 81 games, 120, whatever the hell it is. On the SNetwork.com. And A-Rod's been the com- the Yankees version of comeback player of the year both times. Realistically, it's like him, Tanaka, and uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's a small horse race when you're just playing with the Yankees. But as I said in that piece, you know, like, and, I said, min- and I said minutes ago. You take A-Rod's line now, you'd sign up for that line for a full season, let alone 83, right. 84 and, games. And you can't, you can't uh, disregard Mark Teixeira because, you know, no. with all the wrist problems in a couple of years he's had, you know, he hasn't been himself. You know, there, back of his baseball card, which he always says, he's playing a hell of a lot. There's a, there's a very good possibility that he will have as many or more home runs and RBIs in the first half this year than he did all of last year. Uh Last I checked, he was three away in both categories. I unfortunately do not know the specifics of last night's game. I don't believe he drove in a run. Did he? I don't know. Uh, no, he did not. Okay. But, um, yeah, so he's he's at 19 and 59. He was at 22 and 62 for all of last year in wow. 120-some games. Wow. So, again, people that think, you know, uh, Texas declined in this, that, that wrist injury, wrist injuries linger. And offense aside – you can't say that. You want to know a guy who saves runs. Oh, that guy saves runs. He also won the Gold Glove in our awards because that he, guy saves errors all over the infield. The, the the other three guys in the nominal starting infield have thirty errors between them. So, and how many more has has Tech saved them? I mean, that's you know, and that, that's been every year since he's been here in two thousand nine. That that's not just this year. That that's an every year occurrence for Teixeira. You go back to 2009 when they won their world title. Mm-hmm. They don't win that world title without Alex and without Teixeira. Right. They don't. Tex, you know, might not have had the good numbers at the plate, but throughout the playoffs at first base, uh, that he's a rock. He he's also, a cornerstone of he that, also did that he not, he, he hit the game, what ended up being the game-winning home Minnesota. run in, in Minnesota. Yes. Yeah, so that line drive over the yes, wall. Yes, I remember very vividly yeah. Joe Oriema and I running out of the cafeteria where our seats were <laughs> to the press box to see it. So yeah, I, I, yeah, definitely. I was listening to it in the parking lot of one of the softball fields here in Stanford uh from playing fall ball. Yeah, Joe Joey and I were at every single home game of that postseason and every single game of the World Series. So you did not travel to Minnesota or Los Angeles? No, no we did not. But we did glamorous. Go, but every every game in Philly, we were there, which was uh, one night we came out of the stadium. Quick side note, and me, Player note. me, Kevin, and Joey, we didn't drive the first game in Philly. We took a cab. Big mistake, because when the game let out, oh god, yeah, you'd be better off taking the subway. We couldn't find a cab at the stadium. We walked to a hotel down the street from the stadium, and there was a line longer than a line to get into the best club in the pl- on the planet. Was it the Holiday Inn? It might have been. On yeah. Packer yes. Avenue? Yeah. Yes. So we bagged that, and we start walking back towards the bank, and we asked some people on the way over there. It took us about a good two hours. 
we got back to uh, – we went back down, hung a right, and there's a subway station mm-hmm. over there yep. with a taxi stand. And that's where we finally picked up a taxi. And the guy charged us I – think, I think for like a five-mile trip, he charged us $50. Nice Uber surcharge there, pre-Uber. Pre-Uber. Yeah. But anyway. No, yeah. That's – one great thing about Philadelphia is that – in terms of their sports landscape, is that all of their stadiums and right arenas are right other. next to each other. The one bad thing about that is if there's more than one event going on at that complex at any given time, stay as far away as you can if you're not going to one of them. I thought that was another F word. That was <laughs> No. <laughs> um, no. Stay as far away as yeah, you can. Sim City, Philadelphia did a good job putting all of the arenas together, yeah. but traffic or concerts. There's, there's a dozen or so days a year, mostly in September. Uh, and you Phillies, know, like Eagles, yeah, mostly in September and like March, Sixers April season or Flyers preseason. Yeah. Anyway, let's go back to Alex. Um, the All Star angle now because that was a hot topic of conversation. And you know, here's my thing: Has he had a, a good enough year to to be on the All Star team? I think so. Yeah. But who is who, who got voted on as the DH in the American League? Nelson Cruz. Okay. And Prince Fielder is the player's pick. Uh, uh, okay. So, uh, listen, you can't argue. And one guy leads the league in home runs. The other guy leads the league in everything else. Baseball baseball fans know this. Mm -hmm. Every year, someone's going to get screwed. Joe Girardi said Alex should be an all-star. He also said, you know, Ned Yost's job, because he's had it before, is not easy. And Yost's explanation was, look – I figured with this final five vote, we could get another infielder, another outfielder to back us up at one of these positions, and that would help us out better in the game because, as we all know, this means yeah, that's something. That's great. This comes from the guy who picked Brock Holt as an all-star. Now, besides the fact that every time we Everybody hear his name— has to, But every team needs an all-star, no? Yes. I'll get to that. Besides the fact that I just want to yell, Brock Holt, like in Arrested Development, every time I hear his name— the guy doesn't even start on his own team full-time. Yes, he's having a good season, and yes, he can play any position and has, but don't handcuff yourself. Like, Justin Turner should be an all-star in the National League, too, but he's not really a full-time starter. He has played 50-some games at third base because that's been a revolving door for the Dodgers between him and Uribe and Guerrero and everything else, but uh, Mookie Betts was having a pretty good season. And Yankee fans, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's your own yeah. fault. Dustin Pedroia is having a pretty good season. Clay Buckles having a pretty good season. The Red Sox could have gotten a representative elsewhere. It's it's the fans' fault. Yeah. If you want your player on a team, you have thirty five chances. Vote yep. for him thirty five times. Get out there mm-hmm. and do it. I and mean, it's your own fault. Don't sit here now and BM and C about him not being on the team when you could have helped get him on the team. Right. And this is this is going to end up coming around to something that that Michael K and Don Lagreca have had conversations with about over the last couple weeks on their show, too, in terms of the All-Star Game, quote-unquote, meeting something. Because, listen, every team gets a representative. It's the major league equivalent of every kid gets a participation trophy in their soccer league. But they don't have to play two innings. Right. They don't have to play two innings, and they don't have to do much of anything other than show up. Here's the thing. Alex Rodriguez is not on the All-Star team. Jose Abreu is not on the All-Star team. Four of the five guys in that final vote between Gardner, Bogarts, Moustakis, Dozier, and who's the fifth one? Cespedes. Cespedes. Four of those five guys are not going to be on the all-star team. I would rather have any of those seven guys at the plate or on the base paths in the late innings and a chance to win a game than Brock Holt. I would rather have any of those seven guys (laughs) at the plate or on the base paths with a chance to win the game than, say... Oh, I don't know. Justin Upton, who is the Padres' loan representative, despite the fact that he's not exactly having a Justin Upton-esque season. I'm sorry. It's the way it is. The All-Star game, as is now, and the, the, the Royals fan voting fiasco, as we've talked about, just kind of made it more evident. The All-Star game is a mess. The, the entire circumstance of the All-Star game is a mess. It should just be what it was beforehand. You know, everybody got all upset when it ended in it. Who cares if it ends in a tie? Who needs a winner in the damn All-Star game? Who? And I, I agreed with the managers back then. I think it was Tory actually, who was like, look, we, we don't want to keep playing and get somebody hurt. That was that was 2002, right, that that happened? I think so. So then the managers would have been Joe Tory and, and uh, Brenly. Right. So I, I agree with them. 
you want to run somebody out there and have them pitch some extra innings so it, it, it takes away from, you know, when they go back to their team? Or, or they get, God forbid, they get hurt? This game is nonsense. The NFL Pro Bowl is nonsense. The NHL All-Star Game is nonsense. All of these games are supposed to be for the fans. Only one of them actually means anything, though. But baseball, should, but baseball shouldn't mean anything. That's the problem, exactly. Golly, who, I mean... Who cares if the game ends in a tie? 12 innings. Just, just cap it to go 12 innings. You've got 12 pitchers on your team. Maybe 11. One guy goes two innings. Just cap it. Here, here let, let me throw this out at you, okay? Um, the St. Louis Cardinals. Let's just you know get into the crystal ball that is my head. You just look into it. They're going to have the best record in Major League Baseball. Okay. Well, that's what ha- that's what they get for like hacking other teams. Exactly. Info. But and we talked about that. Yeah. But let's just say they have a hundred wins. Okay. Just for the sake of argument, the AL wins the All Star game. The Yankees win the AL East with eighty seven wins. The Yankees get home field advantage. It's real easy. Whoever has the best record. In the World Series, gets home field advantage. And you know what the tiebreaker is? Whichever league won it last year. Right. Good night, everybody. Warm up the bus and go home. There should be no argument. If your team... Unless there was an interleague series between the two. Right. If your team is 14 games worse than the team in the National League and you get home field, that's ridiculous. I've said this... I've said this before, not on this show necessarily, but just in, in life and in things. That's, it's going to happen one day where, I mean, who are the worst teams in the league right now? Oakland's pretty bad, despite the fact that they won last night. Uh, the Padres are pretty bad. So if Justin Upton hits a game-winning, it's in the NL Park. Justin Upton hits a game-winning walk-off home run off Sonny Gray in the ninth inning of that game to give whoever wins the NL home field advantage. That's got to suck if you're the American League. That the, the one pitching representative from the worst team in the league gave up a gopher ball to a guy who also didn't belong on the all-star team. <laughs> and that cost you game seven of the World yeah. Series. Yeah. I mean, how do you think Kansas City would feel if that happened last year? And game seven was in you know, AT&T Park because of that. It, it, it makes no sense. All-star game. And if you, if you need any, anything... To back it up, try to suffer through two minutes of the Pro Bowl. That, I mean, when I was a kid. Might as well be flag football. Yeah, when I was a kid, look, they still kind of cared. And it was cool because it was a bunch of different players playing together. And when you're a kid, you're growing up, you see that. But now, it's terrible. And by the way, since we're on the NFL really quick, we'll get back to baseball. They're really seriously considering moving a team to London. And just signed a deal with uh, Tottenham Hotspur when their stadium opens in 2018. Los Angeles, the second biggest market in this country, has zero teams. And you want to go to London? And you want to bring the Jacksonville Jack, the worst team in the National Football League? That's the team you want to market in London. You know what, though? Let me let me say one thing, Devil's Advocate in the NFL. Is NFL's it because defense. they say Jaguar cool? Yes. Is that why? Jaguar. <laughs> let me put it this way: the Jaguars would be in the top five in the league in attendance <laughs> if they moved to London. They can't. They can't the sell first, out their own stadium once the, a season. But for the first year. Yeah. For the first year, once it wears off and the team stinks. Well, Roger Goodell is not exactly the most like sane human being on the planet, so. You know, whatever. But, yes, I agree I told with you. you this was going to go all over the place. I agree with you. Oakland has a team. You know, San Diego has a team. Jacksonville. I'm not going to say Green Bay because Green Bay is Green Bay. That's a whole different animal. But, you know, in a, in a world where Columbus has a hockey team and Jacksonville has a football team, Los Angeles, <laughs> Los Angeles doesn't. I just... God, it's amazing. Until this year, Nassau, Long Island had a professional sports team. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. L.A., Zippo. Yeah. Football. They got, I, and they got the Lakers. And the, Do- and the Dodgers. And the Clippers. And the Clippers. Sort of the Angels. And San Diego. Sort of, kind of. San Diego's two hours away. San Francisco's eight hours north. Oakland. 
But enough geography. New York is 3,000 miles Yeah, <laughs> I think that's where we could end that little discussion. America. Oh, God. Anyway, how was your vacation? Was it good? My vacation was good. Uh, congratulations to the uh, those teams that we could have thought may have won the championships yes. in our last so, – The Warriors uh, and yeah. the uh, – who was the hockey? I forgot already. Um, Chicago. Yeah, I'm still – Sore about the, the Blackhawks. I'm just starting to get over the Rangers. Uh, vacation was good. I enjoyed some water park goodness. My elbow is almost fully healed from a water park mishap. What'd you do? What'd you do? I was in Sandusky, Ohio, so that quote is wrong. <laughs> um, I was on a. They have a slide at the water park at Cedar Point. That's a like a drag racing kind of thing, and uh-huh. you get on this basically yoga mat with handles. Yes, I've the Action Park where I've almost died. Oh, many class times. Action Park. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Excellent. The upside the upside down water slide sold me. Uh, uh you get on this yoga mat with handles and you lay face first and you go down, you you, you propel yourself, you go around this like spin uh-huh. before you get to the speed slide part. Right. And um I got a little bit of speed going around the spin and didn't have my elbow fully tucked in and took a banger right off the corner Ooh. as I was going around the yeah. You didn't sue? No, it's it's a scratch. Plus all the chlorine and all the pools and all the pee and all that other stuff. I mean, it was there was nothing getting in there. Somebody, somebody sued McDonald's for coffee being hot. Yeah. Well, the when you I had a case when I should have called what's his face from Seinfeld. Better call Saul Jackie Childs. Yes, Jackie. Childs. <laughs> when I get, when I came off, like who told you to put bomb on the burn? So there was another another slide there where um, it's a tube slide. You get on an inner tube and you go down and you do things, and it had a weight limit. Like it, maximum weight, and I I exceed the weight limit slightly. I'm not like grotesquely over the weight limit, but I'm like 305. Okay, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, right. I'm gonna chance it, whatever. You know, like, what are they gonna do? Weigh me? <laughs> right? You would think they'd have a scale there. You would think. Well, this is this is the litigious America we work in, where the first thing I thought of was, "Ow, that hurt." The second thing I thought of was, "Holy crap, I could sue these people for millions of dollars because they didn't have a scale to measure the weight limit." There you go. Because they got the stick. To measure the height, you know, like right. whatever. And the third thing I thought was that hot lifeguard just called me sir. Because I came off uh, and it was, a, it was a tube slide and bum, like bum, bum, bum. coming around the last <laughs> the last bend and down into the slide part where you head into the pool. Like I was going so fast that I just flipped the tube. Like I, I was steaming. That's why there's a weight limit because it restricts the speed. Um, I didn't quite Austin Dillon into the catch fence or anything, but I, I did flip my tube. So I come into the water and I'm like, oh, and the lifer is like, sir, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. You oh, running man to the dismount? Yeah. It's like, oh, she just called me sir. And then I was like, oh, that hurt. Killian, I'll be back. So now theoretically, I suppose I could sue Cedar Point for what, what, what would be – let me ask you this. What would be in this country these days, what would be a fair number to ask for for – Exceeding the weight limit on a tube slide because there are no safety measures in place to make sure I didn't. Coming around the slide, flipping my tube and, you know, dinging my elbow, having a scratch that lasted a good two weeks. There's no actual pain, no I, I, no suffering, no nothing I, other than the embarrassment of a fat guy flipping over on a tube. I think Is $75 million too much? Yeah, I think that's pushing it. I think you could probably throw 50 out there yeah. and settle out for like 28, 29. Would like that, that include lifetime passes to the park? Oh, that's absolutely. A yeah. That's Just a like must, Kramer yeah. got lifetime lattes mm-hmm. after he burned himself. Yep. You have to put bomb on a burn. If I want a cafe latte, I could have a cafe latte, Jerry. Uh, um, <laughs> a lot of Seinfeld. One other. One other, the, uh, funnily enough, uh, Joe Oriam and our, our friend Sweeney Murdy um, used to uh, used to a uh, have a little inside joke with a former co about a coworker of ours who looked like the roommate in that episode of Friends where uh, Joey and Chandler. Oh split yeah, up. yeah, yeah, yeah! <laughs> and that episode happened to be on like the other day, and I texted Joey. I said, "Exile John Lane is on." Um, anyway. Uh, one more water park observation, which is fun, and, and I will say to mitigate this slightly that eventually it did become a thunderstorm. To mitigate the litigation? Yep. It did become a thunderstorm, and there was apparently a tornado watch for the area oh, at the time, point in time, so it was, it was justified. It began raining heavily at the water park. You would have thought somebody turned on a light in a roach's nest with the way people scattered. Really? And me and my wife are looking at each other, and we're like... You're at a water park. We're just sitting there on the bench chilling. 
Because we knew that it just was... Just rain. Just rain. There was no thunder. No thunder, no, no thunder, lightning. No lightning just, rain. just rain. Ain't no rain. What's wrong with people? So we're just sitting there. You know, they have like a little, like these, those benches, which by the way, at a water park, not a good idea, but a good idea to have those benches where like it's the slats. You didn't watch Ollie Williams forecast before you left? I didn't. It's going to rain. I didn't say it was going to rain. Thank you. Bad idea to have those like great back benches where like you get up and then you got waffle marks all over your back. Anyway, so we're sitting there on the bench. There's a little area where they have the lockers where you keep your, your, Mm -hmm. your stuff. And there's like 300 people crowded in here as it's raining. And I'm like, I'm just sitting there on a bench with my wife. Like, I'm going to wait this out because if I go get my stuff now out of the locker and try to run to the parking lot, it's going to get wet. It looks kind of clear in the distance. So maybe it's a passing storm. I'm like, I'll wait till it slows down a little bit. Then I'll grab my stuff and then I'll run. I'm already wet. Exactly. What's, what's the worst that's going to happen? I don't, I don't get I'm it. going to get wetter. I don't, I don't get it at all. But there, there's people running, like, running like like Godzilla was trampling you know, through the park. Even when I'm not at a water park, might be weird to some people. If it starts downpouring and I'm outside, I just stay out there and let it hit me. Maybe because I'm bald, it, it feels good just to get rain on you sometimes. Well, it gets to a point when you – once you get to a point where you're just wet, then it doesn't matter how doesn't wet matter. you are. You're going right. to be wet. You're out there. That happened to us last night at softball. It started pouring in like the fourth inning and we're walking back in the thing. It's like, you know what? I can run 300 yards to back, my car. back to my car, or I can just kind of, you know what, I'll walk slightly briskly and get to the, they have a, the shed or whatever where they house all the equipment and there's bathrooms there and all that. I'll just go under there for a little bit and wait it out and see what happens. I mean, at that point, you're already wet. There's no use in trying to break the world speed record to get back to your car. Uh, happy July 4th, belated, by the way. Thank you. And, and I'd like to wish a happy July 4th to all the New York Giant fans out there uh, who woke up the next morning to find out that their uh, <laughs> uh, starting defensive end, Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, almost blew his hand off with fireworks, uh, tweeting out pictures of a completely filled U-Haul van. I did see Three Finger Brown weighed in on Twitter. <laughs> Boom, 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 boom. That's the second price is right loser horn. But uh, I, I'd have to side with my buddy Sid Rosenberg on this one. All he basically said was, leave it to the professionals. Why are you messing around with fireworks? Especially when you have that deal on the table, which is now off the table. Mm-hmm. And the Giants, the last thing I saw today. He hadn't signed his tender either, so they could no, restrict that. Right. Or rescind that, I should say. And the last thing I saw before we came up here today was the Giants don't have a concrete definition of what happened to him no. or what's wrong with I've his heard, hand. I've heard this on the fan, too, in updates. They're sti- as of the other day, Tuesday, today's Wednesday, Monday, they were still waiting to meet with him. Now, again, this brings up a whole He's other— He's putting bomb on the burns. Yes. This brings up a whole other issue because, you know, people talk about HIPAA violations all the time and all this, but then— Everybody knows what's going on with people and, you know, somehow they knew JPP did this and that and whatever. Yeah, because his neighbor was tweeting it out. Yeah, because he's an idiot. Both of them. JPP and his neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Come on. You got to be smarter than that. Fireworks blow up. Here, let me put an explosive device in my hand and see how long I can hold it you before know, it explodes. It, it, the Jets... Sheldon Richardson, you know, they're trying to hit the reset button, new coach, new GM. The plan is to have everybody there from day one. This guy's out for four games for smoking weed. When are these guys going to learn? When are they going to learn? They're not. Interesting, interesting thought. Now JPP. Well, JPP may be out for four games because he might not be able to. They might have to put him on the inactive list. On the pup. <sighs> interesting thought that you bring that up because this coming into work this morning, Chris Moore was filling in for Joe and Evan. Um, <clears throat> and his little intro rant, as all fan hosts do, was about Henry Mejia coming back to the Mets. Mm-hmm. And how the back page of one of the papers said, no Mejia culpa, referencing Mea culpa. Yes, and uh, him not saying, right, I'm sorry. Right. And he made a good point. He's like, I'm glad Henry Mejia didn't say he was sorry because you know what? He's probably not. It's like any defendant would say, I'm not sorry I did it. I'm sorry I got caught. Right. You know, 
he talks he talked about you know DUIs and and well, drug why violations. Does, why does everybody have <clears throat> to say they're sorry now too? Right. Don't get me started on that soapbox. But he talked about DUIs and drug um, you know drugs and alcohol and things like that and and uh, the jet situation was brought up. Sheldon Richardson, and he said, you know, you make bad decisions when you're impaired. PEDs don't fall into that realm. You don't. This isn't something you take at midnight in a bar and be like, "Hey, I got some steroids. You want to do these?" You know, this is a this is a, a willingly made judgment. So of course he's not sorry that he did it. He's sorry he got caught. Do you think JPP feels that way? He's not sorry that he burned his hand. He's sorry that he didn't get rid of that firework fast enough. Yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> he's got bad. The, the The last report was he has bad burns on his palm and three of his fingers. That's as detailed as the story got the last which, time I checked it. Which, knowing people that have had issues like that. And the first report was that he was missing parts of fingers. So who knows yeah. what's right and what's wrong. Even on the point. lesser end of that, that's going to take a while to heal. Right. Skin graft. And he might, he might have, need skin graft. And he might sometimes. have nerve damage in one of his fingers. They were yeah. checking on that. It, it's, you know. That could be a, listen, that could be a, not necessarily career ending, but a very career altering stupid right. move. Right. He needs his hands. He's a defensive end. <laughs> kind of hard to sack the quarterback with a stump. Oh, boy. I mean, it, it just it, – it never ends. It, it's just a it, – it's a cycle of nonsense that never ends. You, you wake up and you're just waiting for the next thing to hit Twitter or Facebook. The only thing my football team has to worry about is that our head coach is apparently Homer Simpson coaching a Pop Warner team at this point. You're cut. You're cut. Chip you're Kelly? Cut. Yeah, you're cut. Well, at least the whole Chip Kelly's racist thing went out the window. Thanks, LaShawn. Yeah. Way to leave with dignity. Evan Ma- yeah, you cut Evan Mathis. Evan Mathis is white. I'm not a racist. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And the, the first free agent they bring in. Yeah, DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray. <laughs> you cannot make this stuff up, folks. You cannot make it up. And, you know, it, it's... Every time I talk to colleges and I'm going off on another tangent, I do this from time to time and I, you know, it just, it happens. And I said in the last podcast that was live before we left that, you know, we have this platform and I'm going to use it to speak my mind and I'm going to do that here. I have the microphone and you will listen to every damn right. word I have to say. But this is the thing. And, and this is this, the whole language, uh, hurt feelings, everybody getting, upset or offended by the stupidest little things. I get people can't be racist. People can't be bigoted. You know, people who are like that, there's no place for them in my world. None. Okay. But if you go to a stand up comedy show and you go there and know that that comic, what he or she is all about, you know their history or you wouldn't have bought a ticket to go see them. And you go to that show and you leave and you're offended by something they said that was racial. I'm talking about Amy Schumer. She's coming out in that movie, Trainwrecked, which looks absolutely hysterical. Her show is hilarious too. I haven't mm-hmm. seen it. But it's, I, it's pretty good. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if it's on Netflix, but I have to do it. But my point is, and, and don't, get, don't get it twisted either. A stand-up comic doesn't have carte blanche to just go up and do racist humor. But you take a guy like Don Rickles, who made his career on doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Built up his empire. On that kind of stuff. I've mentioned Chris Rock in scenarios like this, too, with some of his routines. Right. When people had thick skin and people just sat back in their chair and, oh, my God, Lou, they laughed. They laughed at themselves. But now can't do that. People have to get offended. People have to go on social media. People have to say, well, so-and-so said this at their stand-up show. Hey, moron, you know who this person is. If it's an open micer. And they say something stupid like this and they don't have the bones. Even if they do it, it may not be right. But comedy is an art form. Just like somebody painting a lewd you know, picture of, of Christ or Muhammad or something else. Like, it's an expression. It's an art form. It's covered. 
And the Bill Wrights. Stand-up comedy is honestly, in my mind, in that way, no worse than, like, watching American History X. Right. You know, you and you know which scene I'm talking about. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. He had a swastika tattooed on him. What are we going to do? Ban that movie Curb now? stomping people. Are we going to? Well, we did because we could because they, they stopped showing the Dukes of Head. They have the Confederate flag in that movie. Yeah. He, he has a uh, swastika tattooed on him. So what? We can't show that movie anymore? Probably not. How do you teach? Whatever channel the Dukes of Hazard was on ain't going to show it. That's for sure. How do you? And I'll get to that in a second. I, I went on with Sid down in Florida on his show. Oh, time, really? And we talked about the Dukes of Hazard. But – and Joe Rogan's take on it was – like drop the mic, walk off the stage, punked everybody worthy. I, I can't say what he said on the podcast, but I'm going to show you when we get off the air. But for those of you listening and you want to laugh, go to Joe Rogan's Facebook and just keep scrolling until you see the General Lee and read what he said about Daisy Dukes. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's phenomenal. I tip my cap to you, Mr. Rogan. But what was I saying before – the Dukes of Hazard. I lost my train of thought. You're talking about American history acts and swastikas and people getting offended about yeah, everything. What, what are we going to do? We cannot continue to take things off the air, ban things. First of all, the Dukes of Hazard. it's not like they were driving around in the General Lee screaming racial epithets out of their car. <laughs> yeah, dragging people behind the General their Lee. Their horn is Dixie. There is nothing offensive about Dixie. I had one of my friends on one of my baseball teams in New Jersey had a big Jeep Wrangler, and that was his horn. And every time he showed up at a game, I would put my hand up like I had a fist up in the air, and he would hit his horn, and it would make my day because it took me back to – and look, I have a lot of African-American friends on Facebook, and I posted something about this, and they said, I had the car – I listen to the song all the time. I watch the show incessantly. I have a Confederate flag beer koozie because I bought it. It's a Leonard Skinner beer koozie. You're a racist. I know. Because I like Leonard Skinner. Key high. I bought their beer Kierkegaard. koozie. Key high. Dick, Dick Van, Van Patten. Patten. Wow. <laughs> if you label me, <laughs> you, you negate me. me. But anyway, I mean, see how ridiculous that is? Mm-hmm. I know – from knowing you, you're not a racist. So if you show up at a party with a koozie that has a Confederate flag, I'm not going to go, oh, my God, Lou's a racist? But it's, here's the other thing. It's a part thing. of history. It's not a good one. My point, what, my, point of, my point was how can you teach kids not to repeat mistakes if you keep erasing history? Kids ask questions. Well, Daddy, what is that flag? What does it mean? Okay, well, sweetheart, it was a Confederate. It was a, yeah. it was a battle flag for the Confederacy. States, states seceded from the Union in the Civil War right. because of the, they, they did not want to abolish slavery, which well, is a racist thing. It went further than that. It wasn't yeah. just about slavery. Right. The South. That's the easiest way to explain it to a six-year-old, right. but yeah. Right. But, you know, you, got, you can't keep banning things. Like Huck Finn. They changed Huck Finn. Because the N-word was in it. You can't keep... Look... You Have you seen Family Guy sing on there? He's like, thanks, N-word, Jim. Oh, God. It, you cannot continue to bubble wrap kids' eyes along with their bodies, along with everything else. The only way they're going to ask questions and learn not what to do because... And I, I tell people this all the time. We are pretty much... I'm not good at math. You help me out. 1947 to now. 78 years? No, 68 years. Yeah. 68 years. 69 years ago, African Americans couldn't play baseball. That means if you have a family member who is 69, in their lifetime, African Americans could not play baseball. Think about that for a second. Let that digest. If you have a family member that's over the age of 90, they remember a time when women were just barely allowed to vote. And if you think that there aren't people who are racist still in this country, you are naive. You are naive beyond being naive. Things take time. Generational change takes time. It does. And we, we talked about this sort of a little bit a couple weeks ago. I mentioned Paula Dean. You mentioned other people where things 
you can't you can't retcon history to the point where when some new standard is established, everything that's prior that violates that standard must be abolished. Progress doesn't happen that way. You can't say, you know, unless it's a safety issue of some sort, like, and I'll just use a stupid example, like uh, every can of tuna ever made before today contains possibly dangerous levels of something. So all tuna fish is wiped off the shelves to be replaced by new tuna fish. That is retconning history to get rid of it. You can't say, well, this is now deemed offensive, so the Dukes of Hazard has to be pulled off the air, and so-and-so has to do such-and-such, because now something they did 40 years ago is deemed offensive. Work with me here. You can't do that. Work with me here. Just the good old boys. Never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw, been been in trouble trouble with the law since the day they was born. So the Dukes of Hazzard, based on the first line of theme song, are scoff laws to begin with. There's another Seinfeld reference. Fighting against the oppression of Boss Hogg. Who was portrayed as an idiot. And there was a scene that my buddy George Brew posted onto Facebook. Where Boss Hogg was invited into the Duke's house. And Uncle Jess and the Dukes didn't want him there. And they kept saying, what is he doing here? He shouldn't be here. Why do you invite him into the house? And Uncle Jesse said, when this man is in our house, you treat him with respect. I invited him here. You treat him with respect. I mean, it was a family show. Fox News had Cooter on for crying out loud. He was a Democratic senator. Yeah. And he, he was beside himself. He said, hold on now. You're, you're pulling our show because of the Confederate flag and Bubba Watson – uh, I'm done with that guy. He's painting over the Confederate. You bought the damn car. If you were that offended when you bought it, you should have painted well, over. That's what it. makes it worse is this selective offense, like selective there offense. There you go. Fake outrage. <laughs> Fake I'm outrage. telling you right now, in a month, no one's even going to remember about yeah. this. That's that's what also gets me. Is All the, in the family still on is the, the air. fake outrage. <clears throat> Slacktivists. That's what that's that's there the word. You go. Slacktivists. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Hashtag Hashtag the hashtag the hashtag for a week posse, as yeah. I call them. What the sad thing about it is is it is everything now becomes a business decision because America is not a country; it's a corporation, um, uh, run by China, by the way. <clears throat> you know, TV Land it was right that pulled the Duke's Hazard. It's got to be because that's the only channel that shows shows that are more than six years old. That's them saying, you know what, our sponsors or our viewership is going to stop watching the channel. Like it's a panic. Everything is a panic move to it's everything is, you know, the expression is like putting a bandaid on a bullet wound. If there's an opposite of that, that's the way people react. To yeah. Things. Yeah. If there's like some kind of opposite transverse bullet bandaid thing. Uh, look, um, again, mm-hmm. going back to what I was saying, I'm not saying you should just go out there willy nilly insult people and de- be demeaning to people. That's not what I'm saying. But if a stand-up comic who is established does a routine that is thoughtful and insightful and it took – you know, you just sit back and you think about it and go, wow, that's an interesting take and you know, she wrote that and mm-hmm. it's funny. If it's not funny, you don't want to laugh, you don't have to laugh. But at the same time, you, she had to apologize. In the words of George Carlin talking about – in his, uh, oh my God. in his 1991 special where he talks about the Gulf War. I'm so glad he, he passed away. We don't away. have time for rational solutions. I'm so glad he passed away. Yeah, because he, he – well, actually, I'm not because his comedy specials now would be – No, he'd have a heart attack on stage. Amazing. He'd have a heart attack I mean, he was, a, he, was, he, was a, he was an angry old man in 1991. Yeah. But as he said in that – when he's talking about Dick Cheney and Colin Powell Is that Gulf when he War, was in the all black? Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the best. We don't ones. have time for rational solutions. That was also the. Uh, I think the the pre- precursor to that was you, you could outlaw religion and maybe things would clear up in twenty or thirty years. But we don't have time for rational solutions. <clears throat> Life as we know it by Chris Sheeran and Luda <laughs> Somehow we got way off topic. Uh, um, we, we know we didn't. No. We this is our this is this podcast. Yeah. We have conversations. We talk it I, out. We I'm too young out. to have fully appreciated the Dukes of Hazard. I did appreciate Jessica Simpson as Daisy Duke, but I, I'm too young to have appreciated the Dukes of Hazard as the show. It but was. in that movie when they were stuck in traffic on that Atlanta highway, people were throwing stuff at the car and calling them racist because of the flag on top of the car. Yeah. 
Look, that show came out in what, the 70s? Uh, late 70s? If it did, it was late 70s. Late 70s? I want to say early 80s. Okay. So it was late 70s, early 80s. It was 35 years ago minimum. That was a different time for all of that that everyone's getting outraged. Like, it, it's – again, you can't just selectively say, well, in 2015, this is unacceptable. So, I mean, we had to do that once when I worked at WWE when Chris Benoit happened. Fighting the system like a too modern day Robin Hood. Yeah. I don't know. I just all right. So I, when it comes to young kids, though, you know, when it comes to journalists coming up in the world too. I mean, today I had to edit a story where I had to basically Gone with the Wind won eight Oscars, yeah. and it's about stuff that's they, not good. They want to ban it. Yeah, but it's historically accurate, right? And not. The South got their rear ends handed to them. They lost. They lost. Doesn't matter what history book you look in. They lost. They lost. No matter what anybody wants to tell you, they lost. Yeah. You want to blame somebody? Blame General Pickett. <laughs> Stonewall Jackson and Thomas E. Uh, third, Robert E. Lee. Third day. Well, Jackson died. That was one of the. He was a Jeopardy cat. A Jeopardy question the other day because you know his 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 arm is buried in one state and the rest of him is in yeah. another. Yeah. Yeah. But you know Pickett's charge at Gettysburg. I don't know. What I was saying before that, though, is, you know, we we put up an article about the, the pay inequality between the men's World Cup and women's World Cup, FIFA. FIFA? FIFA. Um, which is shocking in the fact when you look at that the Abby Wambach and company took home $2 million collectively for mm-hmm. their win. Teams were paid $1.5 million just to show up to the men's World Cup last year. So kind of a big disparity. But in the, in, in the article, one of – one of our freelancers wrote the, used the phrase flagrant, flagrant show of disrespect in describing FIFA. And I was like, you can't say that. You, you just can't say that. That's libel. You just can't say it. Yeah. <clears throat> That's something you can get offended over. That's libel. Stand-up comedy is not. No. That's a, that's There's an a big difference. Point. People just don't care to know the difference anymore. They put a blanket on it and just Sweep it under the rug and hope it'll go away. People are just – they're just hateable. Hateable for making other people's lives miserable. Other people who have busted their rear end to get where they are doing exactly what she did in her act the entire time she was doing it. And she was on Opie and Anthony and now Opie and Jimmy for the longest. I mean that's how I got introduced to her. She's hysterical. She's one of the guys. Who doesn't like that? I would love to have a beer with Amy Schumer because she's Absolutely. probably she's probably a, a ton of fun to hang out. Absolutely. With. But <clears throat> the mere fact that she had to apologize for a comedy act, that my friend is something that I cannot stand where we're going. You have you have serious XM in your car. I do. Obviously we know. Um over the summer, Stern 101, I think it is, mm-hmm. is doing the history of Howard Stern. And they're just playing a bunch of old shows from D.C. and New York and Hartford and, you know, his coming up. Some They've even played some stuff from TBU, like, you know, way back in the day. 30 years ago, the stuff he was doing was considered, like, raunchy and over the line. Can you imagine what, like, people would think about it now? <laughs> Like if that was – like obviously it's history and it's on satellite radio so they can do whatever the heck they want. But can you imagine like some of the stuff Howard Stern – look at that movie. Can you imagine him trying to do some of that stuff? No. Like even back then it's portrayed as uh, Paul Giamatti is tearing his hair out as the producer at WNBC. Right. Now it would be like everybody would be fired instantly. Absolutely. And somebody would be blackballed from radio. Wouldn't have just been Robin. Would have been all of them. Would have been all of them. Same day. Blank. Like a Band-Aid. Willow. Right off. Just like the boys, Gene. I, I mean, that's funny. It's that's funny. <laughs> it's hysterical. Yeah, maybe my maybe I'm 12, but that's funny. <laughs> nope. Cuz that might that might upset like transgender people or uh, something. Well, I I don't know. Who knows? I I tell the kids all the time, the young adults, I should say, don't reproduce. I really feel sorry <laughs> for them because by the time they really get going and what they're doing, who knows what word is going to get them canned. As George Carlin might say, I think we're on the other side of the curve now, folks. We are. Uh, we're, on the down, we're on the downside towards the next reset. 
and <laughs> I, I can't keep getting into politics because I don't want this to veer completely off course. Uh, maybe I'll save it for the next time we do this because I'm not completely through it. But on Netflix, I'm watching this documentary on um, China and, and how all of our businesses are going over there because they have no uh, regulations on pollution. They have mm -hmm. no regulations on uh, work. Uh, anything, yeah. Child labor. All child labor, work conditions, anything. And it's all cheap. And everybody goes over there. And that's why every time you go buy your kids something – uh, or you buy your significant other something made in China. 99% of the time you look at the tag, it's made in China. And I think our debt to China is $3 trillion. Trillion. Hold on. Let me take my Chinese device right here right now because I got a text message on it. With a T. <clears throat> um, it, it's, you want to open your eyes, go watch it on Netflix. Listen, th this was my point yesterday. When everybody was screaming about Alex Rodriguez, don't be blind. I mean, you could, you could get upset. You could be a sports fan and get upset. But have eyes behind your head, in the back of your head, because it's not all sports. It's not. And the only way it's going to get better is if everybody puts some smelling salts under their noses and starts reading into some of these things that are going on. It's the only way it's going to get better. Before it gets extremely worse. I've had people tell me that by 2020, I don't know. It, it, it could be very scary here. Baba Wawa host 2020. It, it could be very scary here. Who's He's, that? Sherry O'Terry that does it on yeah, SNL? Baba, Baba Wawa. Wawa. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't mean to be the, uh, you know, doom, doomsday well, person, mm. but. By then, we'll know more about the World Cup and Cutter. Speaking of yeah. how this this was like corrupt. this is like so this was like a horror movie before I went to bed last. Like I was scared halfway through. I got halfway through it. I was scared. I shut the iPad. I went to sleep. I watched Chopped before I went to sleep last night. So I think I win. You do. Yep. You do. Girl who owned a food truck won. Good for her. Yeah. She made uh, some crazy ass dessert with like caramelized onion peanut brittle. And she won. Big day on Yes here tomorrow. Big day on Yes here tomorrow. We have um, things. We have the Yankees. And uh, uh, can't, uh, can't yeah, talk about anything else. There might be something else. Possibly. Around 11 o'clock. Maybe. Which we, can't, yeah, which we can't mention. Possibly, perhaps, <clears throat> maybe. Shh. Stop. All right. I'm going to have to edit it out. Um, yeah. It's a big day tomorrow. I'll be at the stadium. Uh, the U.S. Women's National Team is actually at the stadium tonight, and Wednesday when's night. When's the ticker tape parade for them in, in the city? Friday, 11 a.m.? Good for them. I might have to go so I can... By the way, let me throw out some love for Del Rand's own Carly Lloyd. Let me throw out some love for, uh, for Seymour Connecticut's own. Uh, listen there. Backup goalie, but from my hometown. There you go. How about that? See anybody who drives down? Now we've got her, now we've got her and a guy that once played on like the third level poker tour. Like that's and me. That's pretty much the extent of our history. Yeah, well, South River doesn't even care. We have Drew Pearson and Joe Theismann. Yeah, and Alex Wojohowicz, who is one of the uh, Fordham Seven Blocks of Granite. In the word, in the words of Sean Connery, suck at your back. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I digress. But uh, golly, well, watching that game on Sunday. The the first two set or the the first two goals she scored were amazing. One with the left, one with the right. But the third, when she kicked it from midfield, like to have the IQ and to have the sense to do that, that was amazing. I I I'll tell you what I was doing. And Andres Cantor, goal. Oh I he never gets old. No. They need to clone him. Andres Cantor and Gus Johnson commentating something together would be amazing. Uh, I was doing. Random things. My wife was watching the game. Um, my wife played soccer all through high school. You know, she's a huge soccer fan, especially when it comes to Women's World Cup and the Olympics. Uh, and I just heard her clapping, like, and I'm like, the game just started. They score already? She's like, yeah. Third minute. And then, like, two minutes later, she Another starts one. clapping again. I'm like, I was in the kitchen, like, doing dishes because we had eaten dinner. And it, and then, like, ten minutes later, she's like, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You were doing the dishes? Yeah, because she wanted to watch the game, so she cooked dinner. And oh, I it's said 2015. I, yeah. It's not 1950. Yeah, women should get in the kitchen and do <laughs> dishes and cook, man. Speaking of things, it'll get, get you canned. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, no, she cooked dinner and we had eaten. We had eaten. We had eaten. We had eaten. Sorry, and then, Bing uh, Crosby took over yeah. my body. Then. And then I did. I did the dishes because she wanted to watch the game. Right. And I'm like, they scored three times in the first 15 minutes. Like, mm. oh my god, that's a blowout in soccer. Yeah. I I refuse to like get too into it because it just. It wasn't it, the it natural just, yeah. hat trick. Uh, Lauren Holiday scored the third one. Yeah. But the fourth one from midfield, I, I was laying on the couch like, all right, this isn't fair anymore. Yeah, to, and that, to have the IQ, to have the IQ, to, and and to the, be and dribbling the wh- with your head the, up, the wherewithal, yeah, not even to. And to what know about the strike? Yeah, I mean, there there are guys in the NHL can't hit an empty net. Yeah, <laughs> from that far away, from that far from less than this. A soccer goal is what fifteen feet wide. I mean, that's yeah. it's pretty big. Yeah, and. Just, I, I did feel for the Japanese goalie, though. I really yeah. did. I mean, obviously, I'm rooting for us. There were also people that put on Facebook and stuff. They they huddled up after one of the goals, and one yeah. of the players' names is Ono. Exactly. And that was just – that became a meme. Like, yeah, yeah Ono was right. Like, oh, boy. That's – you know, here we go. Picking boom, a, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> here we go. There ain't no low-hanging fruit left, people, because everyone's picked it. <laughs> okay? We've reached the magic hour, yeah. buddy. It was it was nice. It was cool. It's it's America. Yeah, you know, I happen yeah. to enjoy watching Alex Morgan. Um, I find her to be very easy on the eyes. My Sydney, wife, my Sydney, wife does not enjoy my thoughts on that as much. Sydney Larue wasn't on even on the field. I was, they are they are very upset. They are a very talented group of players. Yes, who probably should have back to back World Cups in their pocket. To be honest, yeah, yeah, but you know what? Vengeance. Mm-hmm. Somebody else tweeted, you beat Germany and then Japan? That sounds familiar. Yeah, I, you know what? I knew that was going to happen, too. I said that to my wife watching the game. I'm like, there you go. Either mm-hmm. way, I mean, uh, playing England on yeah. July 4th weekend, yeah. think about all those tweets that would have if, if they had played Italy somewhere in there, it just would have been. Right. It the Axis yeah. powers, yeah. gone. <laughs> and Spain. Italy and Spain. That's what we needed to, like, this is the complete United States yes. World Domination yes. Tour 2K15. Yes. There you go. England, Italy, Spain, Germany, and Japan. Your history lesson is over. And maybe one game against like Guatemala or Luxembourg or some other like Luxembourg, some other tiny country that you can well, clobber in, not in international sports. They were They're neutral. neutral, but no, just you know that team that's they in make there, a like, hell uh, of a watch. What was that? I don't know if you saw that in a Olympics or World Cup qualifier for this year. Uh, it was in the islands. Vanuatu beat some other island nation like forty-six nothing. Oh, I saw that. On, yeah. yeah, I saw that the other day. Kind of like how, you know. Better luck next time, guys. Yeah. I think that was the headline. And the coach was like, this is the first time anyone saw an elevator. Like, I mean, you know, so like, you know. How about the first time they saw a soccer ball? Yeah, clearly. <laughs> what is this? Bats are afraid. Oh, boy. But, I mean, it's like how every country is entitled an Olympian. So you get like every every island nation of seven people in the Pacific has somebody competing in the 50-yard swim. Because <laughs> they, they're entitled to an Olympian, you know. It's kind of like that. So uh, the next thing we're going to start tracking in baseball is uh, home run exit velo, bunt exit velocity. Oof. I want to know who has the the least <clears throat> amount of velocity as they lay down a bunt. You know who would love that stat? Scooter. Holy cow! He'd be over the bridge before he figured out. I want to know what the exit velo was on the the pitch I swung at with two strikes yesterday, where the ball was like above my head. And I had to step back and tomahawk it down the third baseline because it was either foul base out. Base hit? Yeah. It was either foul out or take the chance of letting it drop and getting a called strike three or hit the ball. It was a base hit. I was two for two. And I made a good play at third base. Oh boy. Made a kick save and a beauty. We haven't played baseball in over a month. Yesterday, so yesterday what happened was, uh, and as we get to the magic hour, but I can continue this. So my team had uh, a bye on the 23rd, the week right. I was away. We play every Tuesday, so we had a game on the 16th. We had a bye on the 23rd because there's uh, seven teams in our league. Last week, the games were canceled because the town I play in uh, had to move their fireworks display from Saturday to Tuesday because of the weather. Okay. I guess it was you know, right. it was kind of crappy around mm-hmm. here. So we had to get our games moved. So yesterday, when we took the field yesterday, it had been almost three full weeks in chronological time since we had played. We had eight guys. The other team had 12. You need nine to play. And the other team just took pity on us because they they got rained out <clears throat> their bye week. They got rained out. Then they had a bye week. They hadn't played in four weeks 
they had the bye week previous, and they got rained out the week we had the bye, then last week of the fireworks. And they said, we'll give you one of our guys to catch. Like, we'll give you one of our guys to catch if you want to play, because we mm-hmm. haven't played in four weeks. They killed us, even with 11 yeah, but against you played. nine. But we played. That's the main thing. I mean, we've had... <clears throat> but if we, if we had for, just forfeited it, we have a game on Sunday make, to make up for the fire. Right. It would have been almost four weeks. And the one... The, the, and five for them. I think we played the first Sunday in June, and we haven't played since. Yeah. Because the next week, we were scheduled to play a team, and they didn't have enough. So they wanted to know if we wanted to reschedule. And quite frankly, we pay to play in this league, so we don't want to forfeit. We want to play. Yeah. So we rescheduled. Then the next week, we got rained out. Uh, the week after that, we got rained out. Uh, and then the week after that, we July, could July Fourth weekend we, in there somewhere. We couldn't feel the team, so we had to reschedule. And then July Fourth, no game. We tried to, but no one was going to be around. So now on the 12th, if it doesn't rain, it'll be our first game in over a month. Yeah. And I can tell you right now, it's going to be like Painful. Bubba Sparks' old song, Ugly. Ugly. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's we just the odd scheduling between rain and scheduling. We, we went almost three full chronological weeks without playing, and we have four games in nine days because we have a makeup game on Sunday. We have a regular game next Tuesday, and then we have next week is our week. Every team has one game on Thursday this week, and next week is our week. So we have four games in nine days. So I put on Facebook um, the uh, home run exit velocity with Are We Serious? Mm -hmm. With the – I found that on YouTube. It's Suzanne Powder. She was like the diet guru. Oh, God, yes. There was was a shaved head. Yeah. Shaved head, yeah. When she said stop the insanity. Stop the insanity. So my buddy Rob Ryan, who used to do the showdown with me at Rowan University, Sports Force. Uh, he says, my exit velocity from stupid made-up stats is like 0. 0.4 seconds. <laughs> oh, God. It's just – it's getting ridiculous. It, it just is. And I think that puts a nice bow tie on this one. We come back to where we were at the beginning. Yeah. That's, that's the callback. It time to – he told me to go back to the beginning. It was good. It was good to get this out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of what? We, you know, we haven't done a podcast in right. a couple weeks. So we had a lot I, to cover. Yeah. You can, it's kind of like riding a bike. And next week we'll have, uh, we'll have some full first half yeah. uh, impressions. And, you know, we'll be heading into the second when half. When we first sat down, I didn't <clears> think we were going to have an hour in us <clears> today. We can talk a lot about NBA free agency because as of today, because tomorrow. after today, we can actually yeah, talk about it. After today, we can actually talk about it because yes. things become official. Right. <clears throat> And we we can, can talk about how J.J. Redick went on the radio and gave his team an F in free agency for letting DeAndre Jordan go. Well, they're all in Houston right now. Yeah. I, when our freelancer wrote that, I wrote back and I said, I eagerly wait your follow-up in two weeks. J.J. Redick traded to Turkey for a bag of balls. That's, that's no, what's coming. They're all, in, they're all in Houston right now trying to convince him not to sign with the Mavs. Yeah. So I know. And Chris Paul, the guy who he couldn't stand. Uh, it's supposed to be in Atlanta at an AAU thing, but he might divert and go to Houston as well. So we shall see. Drama. Drama in the NBA. We'll wrap that up with a nice bow next week as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you have witnessed the greatest show on earth. Kidding. If you were listening to this at the circus, I guess you have. I right? guess, yeah. But anyway, it is a circus whenever Lou and I get around. But it's a fun circus. We don't harm any animals in the process. Um, if it's the family circus, I want to be Jackie. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up. For Lou, I'm Chris. We'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening. Take care.